What's up, babes? And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Jaybird's Rink Radio. I'm your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to once again be joined by good friend and author, Greg Young. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, uh, you know, excited to uh, talk about uh, some Capitals players. I know that there's a Stanley Cup Finals game tonight, which I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready to kind of get, get ready to watch as well. So it's definitely uh, kind of an exciting night of hockey, I think. So last time we talked, you were pulling for the Sharks. Have you have you recovered from their defeat? And uh, who are you pulling for in the finals? Oh well, definitely the Blues, right? I yeah. mean, like I think that, that's the uh, I I think I, I've alluded to this before. I have three of my roommates who are Boston sports fans, so uh, you know I think it's uh, they've had a bit of success in the last twenty years, and you know I think it's uh, St. Louis has lost a team, you know, and uh, the Blues have famously never won a cup and weren't even in a cup before 69 you know so um or from until 69 so yeah i mean i think they're seemingly the pretty uh pretty easy sentimental favorite although you know they uh didn't didn't exactly look great last game so uh you know hopefully they're able to turn it around hopefully although it would be nice to see mojo win as well um yeah Bacchus would be nice as well well no no strong feelings there for for me but let's uh let's get into the capitals we've got um, at least five. We'll see what we're doing on time. Maybe six guys to go through today. Um, we left off on Brett Connolly. So today the plan at a minimum is going to be Phoenix Copley, Christian Juice, Nick Dowd, Lars Eller, and Carl Haglin. So a couple pretty important pieces there and a couple guys who, um, you know, they, they, they make a difference. It's just not, not quite as big as the others. So, um, but without further ado, let's, let's start with, uh, the Capitals backup goaltender, which coincidentally they, uh, you know, has spent some time in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I think he's actually uh, friends with Jordan Binghamton, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I think they fought once as well. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, he's he's definitely someone the Caps, uh, you know, are going to, you know, probably need to rely on at least somewhat next year. You know, I don't know how many games he's actually going to play. But, yeah, you know, it's definitely, uh, he's he's a piece that the Caps are going to probably need at least a little bit, you would think. I mean, the Capitals did kind of decide to uh, stick with him a little bit. You know, they, they did, um, if I recall correctly, they, they did re-up him with another contract. And yeah. um, it, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how he kind of plays in because, um, you know, the Capitals did trade up for Vitek Vanacek a couple of years ago at the draft. And uh, Ilya Samsonov is widely considered to be one of the best goaltending prospects in the NHL. So, um I'm sure the Capitals want to give both of those guys a good amount of playing time to, to season, but um, you have to imagine Copley's time kind of here will be limited. Um, you know, it, it's almost one of those situations yeah. where you think if Holpe gets hurt, are they more likely to rely on Copley long-term, or would it be um, one of those two guys? And I'm not 100% sure what the answer to that question would be. Yeah, I mean, at Copley, it 
didn't exactly think he was particularly exemplary. I think he had a couple of games, you know, New Jersey comes to mind early where, you know, I think they left him out to dry a little bit. But I I don't know about you, but I didn't I wasn't ever particularly amazed by Phoenix Copley. Um, I'm amazed at how we spell his name uh, because it's a pain in the ass to uh, these are always having to flip the E and the O, so which is kind of annoying. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it was fine. Right. Like, I don't think he. I I certainly wouldn't ever want him starting regularly. Uh, and the other the potential problem I see here is that NHL teams are really starting, and I think you've seen it in you know the Cup Finals, particularly with Boston. You know, a one A one B approach. And you know, is Phoenix Copley? Are you even remotely comfortable? He started twenty seven or started twenty four games last year. I man, that's like that's like the most I would want him to start, right? But at the same time, we see this NHL trend of people starting more or the backup starting more to kind of rest the starters. And so, you know, it's it's probably not ideal that the Caps have a backup goalie who I wouldn't want to start. But I mean, at the same time, you are right that they have a lot of depth kind of in the pipeline that might be worth testing out, particularly this next year. So it so what that means for Phoenix Copley's role, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, the Capitals, we, we were spoiled by having uh, one of the league's better backup goaltenders for, I mean, the last three years or so, right? Philip Grubauer was just consistently good, if not great, um, you know, putting up save percentage numbers that were at at worst, at worst on par with Holpies, and some of the time they were just better. Um, obviously, uh, Grubauer struggled in the playoffs last year when the Capitals were able to win the Cup, and that's what kind of resulted in, um, you know, Hopi coming back in and, and really putting it all together. But um, he Hopi struggled in the regular season in 17-18, and Grubauer was able to come in and really carry the weight and help that yes. team even make the playoffs. I mean, remember, the Capitals struggled a bit. Uh, like, they if were Hopi some... doesn't have that rest, I think that I think that's a diff- potentially a different story because, yeah. I mean, Hopi really needed that time off. I, I don't know if it was rest. I don't know if it was you know, what it was. But, I mean, the bottom line was Hopi was not doing well. Like, he he, hit a, he was in... It didn't seem like he was in a good place, exactly you know? right. And, and I don't trust Phoenix Copley to come in and do what Philip Grubauer was able to do. And, um, you know, that 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 might not be a, a knock on Copley as much as a, a nod towards Grubauer. But um, I, I think Copley's like a serviceable backup goaltender, but he's one of those guys that I, I would not feel comfortable, like, kind of putting, uh, you know, 30 starts yeah. again. I mean, I, he had 27 this year. I don't, I don't know if I'd really want to see him getting like more than 30. Like he's not a guy I'd yeah. want to see getting more than half, right? You wouldn't want to go up to 40. Um, I mean, actually, yeah, th- 30 problem, would be fine, like but you know earlier. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem, like I said earlier, though, is you want, ideally, I think the NA, your backup to be, play, like, I don't want Hopi to start like 60 games again. I mean, maybe, you know, you're thinking like, all right, let's use him because we're not going to resign him. But still, like, you know, I think that that doesn't make a ton of sense. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the role is for Phoenix Copley aside from being a traditional backup. Something that NHL teams, I think, are rightly starting to kind of shy away from a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he. I mean, he had more games played this year than. Well, he matched Philip Grubauer's high prior to last year, or he yeah. actually more than Philip Grubauer's other two seasons. So. Um, you know, he, he got his time. The Capitals did try to kind of give Holpe some rest. And mm-hmm. remember, the Capitals also had a bizarre schedule where there was all that time off in the middle of the season. So it, yes. it's, you arguably could have played Holpe more after all that rest. But they still went with him a pretty decent bit. Um, but enough kind of about Copley and how he compares to Holpe or yeah. Grubauer. Um, on, on his own, he, he he was okay, right? He, he played... 
you know, 905 save percentage, 2.9 goals against average with some pretty, as you mentioned earlier, kind of lackluster uh, goaltending in front of him, or goaltending defense in front of him. Um, yeah. Let, really, for, for me, the most saving thing is you look at kind of like the goal save above expectation chart that Brian included in his post, and Kabul is like slightly below, like yeah. below zero, not like way below. But like it looks not, inter- not like in Garrett Sparks land or whatever. Exactly. And in terms of backups, he was still like okay. Like he was yeah. actually pretty high up for backups. It looks like. Yeah. Um, so I mean that, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean he's not great. He's not awful. He's a guy that can give you a backup role, but I would never put him as a starter. That that's yeah. fair copy to me. I I think of him exactly as a five, no more, no less. That like in terms of like his, my uh, my kind of vote for his his yeah my expectations relative uh, for twenty eighteen nineteen. What's I I don't know. What say you? I I guess I I probably have him in like kind of like the five, even maybe as low as a four range. I mean I just yeah, I, and it wasn't. I don't think it was as much like a reflection on him as just like what the Capitals had gotten in that role in the past because yeah, it's supposed to be of what I had for the player. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I knew there'd be a drop off. I, I just copy just didn't impress me very much, and I think I'm definitely also glossing over I, part I, of the I'm going to quiz back. you real quick. What do you think the fans rated him? I just looked it up. Oh, uh, I, I've already seen oh. it. I know I was way off the wagon. Like they they're, they're at like a six seven. Like, like a seven. Yeah. yeah. I think it was is the yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm off. I'm off base there. But that's um you know it's interesting to see. Um, I mean I don't know how much that's going to be lower expectations and and but he was you know a below average goaltender. Um, yeah, and like slightly uh, below uh, average backup goaltender. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's no, I mean, nothing wrong with that, you know, and that's probably who he is. Which you know, hey, that's I can't do that, you know, that's like that's no, something, that, right? That's, still yeah. an elite elite player versus everybody else, but not yes, exactly. versus the, the common populace. But just in terms of, I, I think Samsonov or even yeah. Vanacek are probably oh, knocking I on the door. Oh, I would see Samsonov in 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 DC at least a little bit. Right. If he continues to kind of show improvement in, in Hershey. And uh, yeah, um, the other guy, Vivek, or I forget his. Yeah, always yeah that that um, I, I, I want to see him, too, because, you know, I, I, he's been pretty impressive, too. So, uh, I mean, Hershey seems to really have the one A, one B thing down pat. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if we get the chance to see one of them in D.C. next year. And I'd be surprised if we don't. Yeah. Um, maybe for a little bit. I, I still think the Capitals are going to kind of the time in Hershey and uh, yeah. take it slow, but we'll, but we'll see. Uh, let's yeah. move on to Christian Juice. Let's um, do it. The Juice was not loose this year. Uh, Juice had a, I mean, after really a fantastic rookie campaign, um, he just was lackluster. I kind of thought all year he, he struggled a little bit. He wasn't really able to kind of establish himself in the way, same way that we had seen before. <laughs> um, granted, there, there was definitely some injury complications that played into that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the compartment syndrome is just like, which which I think is what he had, right? We're pretty, I think, confirmed about that. Um, I I almost have to give him a pass just this year, just because I mean he got, I think he looked okay at the start of the year, you know, and then he, you know, was out for a while. Stegenthaler kind of really got a got a bigger role, and I I think he just had a tough time finding his footing afterwards, you know. I. I, the advanced stats on him aren't bad, you know, like he's not, you know, um, going to light the world to fire, but I think that he just, it was tough last year because he, 
I think it was pretty clear too. He came back and was still, I think, not a hundred percent. And you know, at the same time, they didn't they didn't really have a consistent role for him after the Jensen trade. And so, you know, I, I, it's tough for me to say that you know Christian Jude. He definitely wasn't good last year, but I I don't know how much I say that's totally his fault versus kind of a bunch of existential circumstances. Um, yeah, I mean his. On ice, off ice, kind of goals for and um, shot rates are all you know reasonable. Um, yeah. But I, I just, he just didn't look like the same guy to me. Like kind of watching him play, right? He just kind of seemed yeah. a bit less confident. And compartment syndrome is is awful. Like I'm sure that, that that's not like an easy thing to recover from. But um, yeah, man, oh man, it's just uh, hard to see that and feel as confident about kind of the future state of the third pairing. Um, as you probably felt like going into the season, right? I mean, yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, it, it, it was rough for the, like really overall it was minus John Carlson. It was a pretty rough year defensively, I'd say for the Capitals. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Carlson <clears> kept me <throat> great, I think. Um, and I think Kepney was good too, but yeah, like Jews, I, I think I was kind of hoping for him to maybe eke his way into like top four minutes. Maybe, you know, that was always probably going to be a bit of a stretch, but yeah. you know, like I, I mean, at one point, I think last year he was playing um, regularly with Carlson, right? And so, you know, I think that's like we've seen a pretty big step back from that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I just with the compartment syndrome, and I think he just looked, I think he looked gassed by the end of the year, frankly, and particularly in the playoffs, you know. And so I just, it's tough for me. I mean, he, I thought, looked pretty good during the cup final run. Um, I, not great, but pretty good. And so, I, you know, I, it's just tough for me to say, sit here and say that, you know, I trust him this year any more than I trusted last, last year. Right. So I, you know, I, I think I want to see another year from Christian Jews and I want to see them maybe come in with an idea of what they want him to do. Because I think he's been someone that's kind of bounced around the lineup. You know, when Orpik's been hurt, he's been playing a lot. When he hasn't, he's sometimes been the seventh D. And I want to see them kind of come in with a more consistent role for Christian Jews. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd like to see him like kind of be a steady influence in the lineup, and I mean, he was in the playoffs, like he was just brutal too, right? So, um, yeah, benched in the playoffs. I agree with that. Yeah, but also only twenty four though, and you know, um, a defenseman take a little longer to develop. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think uh, the book has been written on Christian Jews yet by any stretch of the imagination. No, but I think we can all. I mean, I hope we can both agree it was probably a pretty clear step back for him. Oh yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree. So uh, yeah, I we'll see. Um, you know, uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, didn't really score, although that's not really what you expect from him at all. So it's not. You know, I'm the the kind of the top line numbers aren't something I look super closely at. You know, um, he seemed like he possession wise was okay. Um, I mean, weirdly, Orpic had a pretty good year, and I think Jews played with him a decent amount, so that wasn't you know, anything too crazy, but yeah, I mean, like just on ice, like he definitely noticeably didn't look confident and look gassed. And I think definitely fair to say he took a step back. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give him a four actually. So he was, he was like, yeah, solidly. I mean, I I could arguably go lower, I feel like, but he, yeah, you know, the injury kind of, he was less than expected. Uh, even when you factor in the injury, uh, hopefully that the injury though really was the deciding factor. It, it's been we're far enough removed now where I kind of I have a bit of a problem kind of like thinking back clearly to how he did in the first part of the season. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. I remember not noticing a ton either way. Yeah, frankly, um, you know, so 
which I mean, for a defenseman, maybe isn't a bad thing, right? Like, you know, it means that he wasn't making super obvious mistakes yeah. at this point. So, I, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right around there. Maybe it's funny because I, I seem a little more optimistic than you about this, but uh, I might even go three just because I was kind of hoping maybe for a little more development, but I don't know, with the injury, maybe, maybe I landed a four too. I think that's probably about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the listeners slash readers were are averaging a four, it looks like, um, but right skewing there. up, so skewing skewing higher, but with four being the highest um, vote getter. So let's talk about um, our actually we first give this article was written by of course Sam. Sam wrote the yes. Christian Juice article. Uh, moving on to Nick Dowd, written by Alex Irvin. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on to Lars. Oh, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> back to Nick Dowd. Oh, you don't have a ton of super strong takes about Nick Dowd? No, Nick Dowd, I mean, I, I, I was surprised looking at his stat line seeing 22 points. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder how many of those points came in like that week and a half stretch where that line was scoring like one or two times every game. Um, yeah. But, I mean, just, just generally speaking, uh, like, that just did not overly impress me. He's no. One of those, I mean, the Capitals have a lot of those guys this year, right, that are just kind of – Yeah. Eh, like, that, was, that fine. was fine. Yeah. I think it was fine to have him in the – like, he was worthy of a sweater. And that's, like, nearly the extent of my, like, super hot takes on him. I, I know he was putting yeah. kind of the B.J. Beagle's replacement, and I think he did – Okay. You know, I mixed like, him up with Travis Boyd a lot. I I, I can I can safely say because uh, this is and honestly this is reminding me a lot of our Travis Boyd conversation. Uh, they're fine, right? Like I I can't say I ever noticed um, Dowd doing something particularly remarkable except for that one stretch. Um, I mean, he did. I will say, shoot seventeen percent this year, which is really high. Like, um, so you know, I I mean. And I mean, getting eight goals at even strength, like, you know, I mean, that's something. Uh, but I mean, obviously, he's not someone I ever expect to shoot 17% again. So, you know, you expect, uh, I'd be very surprised if he cracked like five, six goals, you know, like that would, that would be, I think, a good year for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, perfectly adequate fourth line player. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the points were there, though, right? So yeah. that, that, that that is like definitely in... Like a like a credit to him, right? I mean, it's you yeah. got to be pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, tying the career high in points. Yeah, so that's something. Uh, it certainly is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have a lot else to add here. Do you, Do you? Ha- I mean, you look at his advanced metrics, like specifically something like his um, his WAR, and I go, Are we looking at like the right yeah. thing here? Like, I, I didn't think you'd have this many positives on the even strength. Um, side of the ledger. Yeah, so. and you look at the shot chart too, and not a ton of like sh- like super high danger chances, you know. Not like I mean, not not bad, right? You know, so maybe there's something in here we're not noticing. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Like uh, he's uh, he's he's fine. I don't like. It's tough for me to like have a super strong opinion on Nick Dowd. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Like, and I say that because I almost just said Travis Boyd again. So. <laughs> All right. I, well, I, I'm going to give the unremarkable but solid Nick Dowd a, a seven. A seven? Wow. Yeah. Well, my expectation. Explain like, the seven. All right. Now I'm curious. Explain the seven. To All me. right. Relative to expectations. This is a guy yeah. who's coming in, has 
a like non steady track record in the NHL, right? I mean, yeah. he cracked. He played 56 games in 17-18, 70 the year before. So, you know, he's some establishment, right? But the guy didn't break into the NHL until he was 25 years old. Never yeah. really done a lot. Um, I guess he was on the Kings team in 16-17 and put up yeah. 22 points. Fine, great. Um, just unremarkable guy. I mean, he was pretty unremarkable here, but I thought he'd be worse, to be honest. I, I don't know why. I just don't think I had super high expectations for for how he'd play. And uh, I don't think right. I, I don't think Nick Dowd I ever watched him play and was like, "Wow, you just kind of." He's like unplayable. Yeah, he's unplayable. Like... You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like Chandler Stevens. No, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> yeah, or, or as much as I, I love Devonte Smith Pelly, like as a person and as a, but it, there's at times too where you kind of look at some of his play and you're like, ah, you know, like these are these are mistakes and stuff like that. But I can't say I ever noticed that with Nick Dowd, so that that's a thing. Um, so fair. Um, I mean, yeah, I, there's players I would rather play less than him would be the phrase would be probably the phrase I would come up with for him. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, like. I'm between a five and a six, honestly, like, and I think it all comes down to like what my expectations were. I don't know what, if I had any. Um, and so, you know, I guess, yeah, I, you know, like I, like a, like a six, I think for me is probably about where I'm at. You know, like I, when I thought about him, I didn't think bad things. So, you know, and I didn't know what to expect before. So a six seems kind of like splitting the difference there a little bit. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, our readers really uh, were higher on him than me. Yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> it was an eight, or average was an eight. Yeah, well, they had much, much different, different, different scale. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how we differ on this one. Um, Lars Eller. Uh, yes, Becca wrote the wonderful rink wrap for Lars. You guys should all check it out. Um, yeah, she killed it on this one. Yeah. Yeah, and... Again, this is another one where I'm like starting to like doubt my my hunches. Like I just expected that his point total would be less than it was. You know, he yeah. put up 36 points, only two less than he had the year before, and I just thought that Lars Eller had like a pretty like poor season. Yeah. Like I no, I, like I thought it was bad. Like I, yeah. I, I thought it was because it was. It might have just been because he was really good in like the in the final, and he was he really had like a solid playoff. So I was kind of coming into it. I mean. He, he obviously was still good. Like he was still serviceable, yeah. completely serviceable. It was just kind of he he didn't seem to have quite the same edge that I thought he had the year before. Yeah, no, I I agree with that because I remember last year when they made that signing, thinking, "Wow, they killed it!" Like this was like a great signing. Um, and I still think it's good that they have him locked up. Um, but yeah, like I I think he's as much a victim of they seem to like you know at times struggle to like figure out who what was their third line really. You know, like, I mean, Burrow was up and down, you know, like Connolly was up and down a little like in the lineup. And I think Lars Eller is someone that maybe really depends on that kind of stability of line mates. And he's, you know, someone that I think is a decently easy person to play with, but he's not someone that I think is going to create a ton of offense on his own. So I think that, you know, he's going to need to play with players that are kind of generating scoring chances. Um you know, but yeah, I, I also wasn't super impressed by Lars Eller this year. Um, that doesn't mean I think he was bad by any stretch. I don't think he was objectively bad, but I think that he, I, you know, 
I definitely think he took a little bit of a step back from being, you know, I mean, on the cup run last year, you know, when Backstrom was out, he was like filling Backstrom's role in the second line, which, you know, was probably a little bit of a stretch for him. But, you know, he did a more than admirable job trying to do it. So, you know, and this year I, I just don't see him kind of taking that kind of role again. And so, you know, it's it's interesting with him. Um, you know, he's now, what, 29, you know. We've seen a lot of the Caps, you know, older players stave off regression a little. But, I mean, you know, 29 for a forward, that's kind of you're starting to get into your 30s. You know, maybe you're starting to see a little bit of slowing down. Um, I mean, the guy has played a lot. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe an off – yeah, wow, he has played a ton. So maybe an off season where he's able to get some rest might be good for him. I don't know. Yeah, I just – I look, these guys are elite athletes. Like, I, I'm not sure, like, how yeah. much I buy, like, the – I mean, maybe it's just because I. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played, but like the dude has missed three ga- regular season yeah, games. Yeah, that's true. That that's fair. That's like a lot of that's like a lot of minutes, and he is not like a spring chicken anymore. But like he's still. And they're asking him to play hard, heavy minutes, right? You know, these are not like he's a guy that like when the third line is really clicking, they're playing against in a lot of cases like you know teams like. That, I mean, he's he's a guy they need to kind of play on the penalty kill a lot, so he plays a lot of those minutes. Yeah, like, I mean, is that an excuse? No, but I think it's kind of maybe a little bit of a reason for him. I, you know, but yeah, like, I do want to see him be better next year. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, but then again, we look at, like, kind of his, yeah. his like, even strength kind of war and stuff, and he looks great, right? Like, across yeah. the board, he looks really, really good. Um, yeah. I mean, Eller was a crucial part of the cup run last year, yes. and... Uh, with, with the kind of the team where they are on the salary cap structure, Eller's going to have to be a really big kind of contributor here moving forward. Um, you know, yeah. He's going to have to stay like kind of north of 35 points if he's playing in 80 games, I think. Um, yeah, I think that's right. And yeah. hopefully, I mean, again, like I, I think this is again on my part, like I am, you know, flawed here. Is recency bias is definitely also coloring my analysis because he really yeah. cooled down at the end of the year and was not did. didn't do a whole lot in the playoffs either. No, so he had one goal, wasn't it like an empty net goal or something? Uh, I think honestly, I don't even remember. Like no. it was, it was not uh, super remarkable. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I mean, Becca talked about this, right? You know, like there's it's like I think her quote is there just seemed like there was something missing in Eller's game, and I I don't know what that was off the top of my head, but you know, and I mean. Possession-wise, he was actually one of the better Capitals players, which is kind of strange. Um, but I, yeah, like just I, I can't quite put my finger on what was off. But you know, my instinct is to say that maybe, um, maybe some rest might do him some good as someone who, like I said, just doesn't miss time and is kind of a rock that way. You know, you also wonder maybe was he playing through something a little bit? Like that's just pure speculation on my part, but. <sighs> maybe maybe something like that's coming up you know i don't i don't know like uh but yeah like i you do want to see a bit of a turnaround from him next year i think yeah i don't know maybe it was just an eye test thing for me um and and beck of course does recognize right in here that his his goal was an empty netter in the playoffs so yeah. um crazy woohoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah boosting up that shooting percentage as well yeah there um, you go. <laughs> yeah i mean also i will say this like he, um, I mean, his shooting percentage last year was a uh, career low, actually. Um, 8% compared to, uh, he's normally hovering around 10%, which to me seems high for him, but 
Uh, you know, I mean, so maybe, you know, maybe say he's he goes up to 11 or 10, 11 percent again. He has a few more goals. And, you know, maybe maybe we think about the season a little differently. I don't know. Like maybe that's going on, too. Yeah, maybe he just needed some more skill on his wings. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to yeah. see what, what shakes out. If Capitals retain Burakovsky, what he's able to do. Or yeah, or if he, maybe he's playing with a guy like Carl Hagelin, who is our next guy to review. So let's quickly... Wow, look at that transition. It Good would be if her. we had given our scores. So we have stuff to give our scores. But we're about <laughs> to be on our way there. I am going to give yeah. Lars Eller a four. Um, yeah. Man, uh, I am just negative Nancy. Sorry, can <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what got in your Wheaties this morning. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of there too, right? Like, uh, I, I, yeah, like a four sounds right. You know, like he wasn't bad relative to my expectations, but like I, he definitely wasn't, I think, where I would have hoped he would be. Um, yeah, so I think I think a four is about right, you know, and hopefully uh, next year we're able to see him kind of get closer to the seven or eight range. Yeah, I, I gave him a, a four as well, just slightly below my ex- expectations for him. Wow, uh, we're again way off on the read from the readers today. Yeah, I know. I, I just saw that again. Uh, that's why. That, that, that's why I was like, wow, real negative Nancy here. I, I, I vote yeah. when we vote. I vote on the uh, the weekend. Yeah, so I do way, too. I can see it in real too. time. Yeah. Um, so thirty percent right. gave him a six. So yeah, I mean, so it's, uh, it's all relative. I but yeah, I, I, I like that because it helps us kind of also, you know, see. I'll offset some yeah. of, some of my yeah, so, yeah. negativity. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fine. Like, you know, I'm not. I I I think I had higher. Ex- I, I mean, honestly, that's probably the battle with a lot of these rankings, right? Is like where are our expectations? And I had him as someone who maybe was like a fringe number two center, as like because he played that at points last year, and I don't see that anymore even really at all like i think he's a third line center which and there's a lot of value to that so like maybe maybe that's what fans are picking up on as little here too yeah i mean they could be still we could all still be living in like the high of his uh serious clinching goal so yeah his the stanley cup uh, clinching goal yes and yeah the first goal in the the first game winning goal of the Capitals of their run as well. So the fir- the, the perfect bookend last year yes. for, for yeah, Lars Eller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean in general, Lars Eller freaking killed it in the playoffs. Yeah, he had a fantastic playoffs. But that's all in the past now. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can still remember as the site that is now running uh, remembrances of some of the key milestones last year. Hey, no, that's okay. never remember it. We, of course we will. Um, all right, but now it is time to move on to a guy that may or may not contribute to Lars Eller's potential upswing next year. Uh, yeah. Carl Haglin is kind of a guy that uh, he kind of feels a bit like a better version of Chandler Stevenson. To me. Yeah. He's fast. He kind of digs for the pucks better than Stevenson does. Um, kind of like a hybrid between like Stevenson and Oshie, I guess. Like yeah. Oshie at his best is that guy that like goes in, dicked out the puck. He's he's really hard on the puck battles. Um, that's kind of you see some of that from Haglin. I don't think you see it to the same extent. And he's able to kind of use that speed to get around guys and kind of go for those alley oop plays. Um, yes, he scored a really really pretty goal, I think, at something like that. Yeah, I mean he did, but he was also. An absolute non-factor in the playoffs, like a staggering non-factor. The guy averaged 16 minutes, of, 16 and a half minutes a game, um, and which is not bad minutes for him. You that's know, a lot of minutes. I mean, granted, everyone's minutes are slightly skewed by the overtime, uh, sure. but still, like relative other guys we've looked at, that's a lot of minutes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he only had 13 shots, averaging 16 minutes a game. Um, 
one assist. Yeah. That's it in the whole series. So, and that was after he had had 11 points in 20 regular season games. So, yeah. Um, a bit of like kind of a abrupt bummer, uh, kind of coming from Haglin. Um, but I mean, originally he wasn't brought in. Oh, he was brought in to kind of aid the offense, the depth offense. But it was also supposed to be to aid the penalty kill. Right? Yes. Um, what did you think about what he did on the penalty kill? I thought he was. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, it's tough for me to like sit here and say he was great because the Caps penalty kill, you know, even after they acquired him, still had their ups and downs. But you know, I I think that he was someone that definitely was noticeable on the penalty kill for better or for worse. Um, I you know and. One other kind of thing you think with the Caps and particularly the penalty kill, but really in general, is, I mean, Haglin does have speed and the Capitals are not a particularly fast team. And so maybe it's also that, you know, when he's he's out there, he's moving pretty quickly, you know, and that's something that is interesting. I, I mean, I, I thought he was pretty good in the power play. I don't know what, what you if you have any particularly strong feelings about it. But, you know, I, I know that was one of kind of his the big hopes for him was that he was going to help kind of cement the penalty kill. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he did a bad job, really. I mean, the Caps, you know. I think have some maybe some systematic issues with the penalty kill at this point, but you know I don't think it was anything that Hagelin particularly caused. So I don't know. What, what say you? Uh, no, no, I, I think he was fine. Uh, I didn't think he was quite like the revelation on the penalty kill that we'd kind of been hoping he'd be. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he, but he was. I mean, he he was a big part of the penalty kill down the stretch. Um, yes, you know, definitely. Sam does a great job kind of noting the. You know, two percentage points jump in the penalty kill kind of before the deadline to, you know, kind of where it was after that. But yeah, that's not that big of a sample, right? Six weeks of the season, that's just a couple goals, right, of difference. And that could just have easily been goaltending as anything else, right? I mean, your most important penalty killer is your is your goaltender. Um, yeah, so one of the things... Carl Hagelin definitely is noticeable for is his uh, defense at 5v5, you know, regardless of what he does on the penalty kill. Um, I mean, and for a Capitals team that gives up a ton of high danger chances right in front of the net, Hagelin's one of the guys that really didn't allow that to happen. I And it's kind of unclear exactly why that was happening. But, you know, you look at kind of the underlying stats with Carl Hagelin and they're pretty consistently very solid um, in the defensive kind of uh, shop share kind of numbers. So, you know, it's definitely something that I think is worth kind of watching. I kind of noticed it a little, and he didn't seem to make a ton of really egregious plays right in front of the net, and he seemed like to kind of always know where he was in the defensive zone, and there's definitely value to that, even if it's something that, you know, it maybe doesn't show up right away. And I think another thing is, when you, when you think of an NHL player with speed, I think typically you think offense, right? You think of someone who's going to have a lot of speed to kind of break away, you know, and kind of do interesting offensive things with the speed. Uh, Vrana comes to mind with that. But, I mean, de- speed can also be a really valuable asset on defense, too. Um, and so it's one thing that, you know, you notice he's obviously a very skilled skater and uh, kind of generally seems like he's in the right spot in the defensive zone. And if he does it, isn't in the right spot, he kind of has the speed to catch up and figure out where he is. So, you know, on a, on a Capitals team with not a lot of players that fit that skill set, that might be something that the Caps want to look for, even if they don't re-sign him, maybe try to find a free agent with a similar kind of skill set in that manner. Yeah, I mean, and you look at kind of, the, again, that war chart, and it's his defensive kind of shot share numbers that really uh, stand out. I mean, just almost three standard deviations above kind of your your – average player so um i mean that's that's pretty great um 
So would you like to see Haglund back or, or no? Ah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, what was, I'm trying to think of like the deal that would take. I mean, I, you know, I think I'd rather have Connolly back than him, although I, I could be argued kind of for either position on that one. Um, I don't know. I would probably, it would need to be the right deal. And I don't know what the market really is going to be for Carl Hagelin. I mean, I think he's now on his sixth NHL team or potentially seventh if he goes somewhere else. Um, so, I, you know, I think, it, I think it's tough to kind of figure that out. Um, I would be willing to have him back at a reasonable price, but it's not something that, you know, he's not going to be priority number one or two at this point, you know? So I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm willing to have him back, but it's not something I'm like wedded to. I don't, I don't know what you kind of think. Um, I, yeah, I, I can either take him or leave him. It really all comes down to the contract for me. Uh, I think yeah. Haglund's fine. I think he is a, you know, he, he is, mm, I was trying to think about it. I was going to, I was going to say he's kind of like on par with the Lars Eller, but I think he's like kind of beneath that in terms of like, uh, yeah. what he brings to the table. It's also because generally centers are more valuable. Right. Um, yes. but yeah, you know, Haglund's a good utility guy. He's, he's great defensively. I, I just think he doesn't, you always, as you kind of said, people always associate speed with offense and Haglund just doesn't like, that's not really what his speed tends to bring consistently. Yes. Um, he was part of that great no, HBK no. line it's in Pittsburgh. Absolute but, stone. Yeah. yeah. But besides that, I mean, that that's kind of, it's just yeah. not something he consistently brings to the table. Um, I, I mean, I mean, you go back and look at his playoff numbers that first time with Pittsburgh, and he had 16 points in 24 games. That's when that line was really clicking. But besides that, playoffs, regular season, just not a huge um, point producer. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think his career high, what, 46 points with the Rangers, uh, you know, that – probably is going to be his best year. Um, you know, I, like a guy who I think is perfectly serviceable on a third line, you know, if you have a perfect role for him, you know, and really need him up that, that's probably not going to be where he would be best fitted. But I, like, I guess he could be a second line, like, you know, winger in the absolute right situation, you know, but you really don't want him to do that. So he's probably looking at a third line player and I don't want to be paying my third line players more than probably like two, three a year, right? You know, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a four mil for Haglin on the, on the market somewhere. I don't, I tend not to think so. So, I mean, if the Caps can get him for two and a half, three, then I, I think about it. You know, it's not something that I, I leap to say yes right away, but it's not something I am like, you know, devastated if they sign. Yeah. Um, so I, I get, I give Haglin a five. I, I, you know, he was, yeah, he, he was good. He was, um, I probably would have given him like a six or a seven for the regular season. And then in the playoffs, I, I just kind of, he completely disappeared. And that kind of brings yeah. my average back down to about a five, I'd say. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to say, yeah, five. Because I had, I had pretty high expectations, actually, with him coming to the Caps. Because I, was, I thought his underlying numbers looked really good. I thought he wasn't totally utilized correctly in, um, toward, kind of towards the end in, uh, by the Kings, you know, he wasn't playing super consistently, you know, on, on a team that, oh boy, they needed speed. Um, so I, you know, it was kind of like a little thinking, oh, maybe he'll be really good. You know, I remember that HBK light nightmare line. I'll probably never forget that stupid line. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I think a five or maybe even a, maybe, yeah, probably a five is probably where I'm at too. Um, although again, we are way different than the fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we are, but that's that's okay. The average yeah. was a seven, um, slightly skewing lower, but but generally speaking, the the highest vote was a seven. So yeah. 
Um, I think we. Also, I guess I'm pe- right there in being pessimistic. I was I was <sighs> almost inclined to give him a four. Well, I, Greg, you know, wow, that's just I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. You know, I, I guess uh, watching hockey has given me enough uh, Canadian sensibilities not to do that. But well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that that is. I, I think Hagelin's a good place to end on, um, and we'll, we'll we'll have to pick it back up with Braden Holpe here uh, coming up in the next week or so. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Braden Holpe, definitely someone that's going to be interesting to talk about, you know, even if uh, we might disagree on Braden Holpe a little bit. I think we will, so we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll leave it at that. Uh, on behalf of myself... Look at that cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, there you go. On behalf of myself and, and Greg Young, thank you for listening to this episode of Japers Rank Radio. We will have another episode for you soon going over uh, the next five of the rink wraps. Thanks.